Hello and welcome to episode 70 of Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Dan Palermo. If you're one of those people who checked out the conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now, this week, my friend Harrison is on the show. Harrison Thurman. And for those of you who don't know Harrison, he is a local musician in the Pittsburgh scene. Big fucking surprise. We're back to basics. No more crazy porn stars and shit this week. We're back to normal, which I hope you're okay with. And I'm okay with it because, for those of you who don't know Harrison, he is a really cool dude. And this was actually the first conversation that the two of us have ever had with each other. So he came over to my place. We sat down, picked up some mics, and just did the thing, you know? Uh, We talk a lot about Actually, I don't even remember what the fuck we talked about. It was kind of just like a really scattered, all-over-the-place conversation. But it's all involving music and the local scene and stuff that we liked, stuff that we grew up with, and blah, 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 blah. It's a good talk. So, you know, if you're new to this podcast and you're new to me in general, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Real Sykes. There's also a Facebook page specifically for the podcast. It's Start the Beat with Sykes. If you're listening to this on iTunes or you're, you know, someone who has iTunes, just be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. And last but certainly not least, Start the Beat is part of the Epicast family, which you can find at epicastnetwork.com. So yeah, sit back, relax. And let's start the motherfucking beat! Come on, the mountain goes through like fucking early guided by voices rules all that stuff is great so if you're i think that it's what's important about that stuff is it's you hear the passion of the people who were making the music yeah and it really doesn't matter what it sounds like it's like you're if you're listening to those recordings for the quality of the recording you're kind of missing the point is it right. about like yeah. The music and people who had limited resources just doing what they can to get this stuff out, you know? And and it was so good that eventually people picked it up and they were able to get nice production budgets and stuff like that based off of that material. Now the Mountain Goats are working with the, like, biggest (laughs) producers in the world or whatever to make their shit sound really cool. I just, like, I'm, I'm, I resist being a uh, technology guy in some ways just because... I hope I don't turn into that sound guy who can't appreciate <laughs> shitty quality music, sure. if that makes sense. Um, and I think there's a lot of joy in that, too, in just, like, waking up and writing a song using your laptop mic, you know? Yeah, it's really, really important to be able to do whatever you can 
with whatever resources you have. That's right. why I'm saying, yeah. you know, you want to do a podcast, you have a laptop, it doesn't work that well, just fucking try it. It's better than yeah. not doing it. I have met multiple people uh, or know, know multiple people who have wanted to just like record music. And it's like, well, I can't do it. I don't have this stuff. And I'm like, do you have a computer? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, fine. Get a, spend like a hundred bucks, get some shitty like entry level interface and you're good. Yep. But the computer doesn't work. The computer will work fine. Okay. Like a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people know this, but you don't know this, but I have like a MacBook, a computer setup, but I record all my music on a Windows 98 IBM. Oh my god! Like ev- like everything, like anything, like the Sykes album, everything, like anything you've heard me do, I record on that computer. Like I've tweaked it out a bit, but it still runs on Windows 98 and is not the strongest computer. That's insane. But it fucking works, and it's fine. And I make music all the time. Yeah, it's fine. What's well, so? Important. It's like why if you have a MacBook and you're telling me that it's like a this stop. Right. Just go do it. You're like giving yourself yeah. excuses. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely believe that. Like, just just go do it. Um, but the uh, it, it's insane too how far uh, even the basic technology has come. In I don't know the, when I started making music and like pre-programming beats on fucking GarageBand or something. Yeah. And now even the GarageBand updates are so uh, much more sophisticated. It's wild how accessible it is. Even yeah, uh, it's insane. Even what I was just talking about this recently with uh, amp modeling, like how, you know, running your computer or guitar through a computer 10 years ago sounded like shit no matter what. Yeah. Now you can get really pretty authentic sounding tones right. that a lot of people don't want to admit you can get. Right. But you can get them very easily <laughs> and it's fucked up. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, now you can, re- you can record a, a full demo uh <laughs> like design a fucking t-shirt send out the image uh to get them like printed and like do basically do everything on a cell phone now you know and, like, yeah. if you really wanted to you could easily record a demo design a <laughs> shitty t-shirt send it to whatever printing company right you know put your album on Bandcamp. there's your worldwide and quote distribution right in a way send it and to it's all, a like, couple tiny record labels one of them's like holy shit this is good and then they'll print you cds or whatever um, it's like crazy it's insane i walked out on the porch like three days ago and my roommate was trying to use his iphone to record drum tracks yeah just by using his you know two index fingers dude whenever uh which is just insane the first time i and saw it sounded pretty good okay. he was i mean he was really uh, he was probably stoned out of his mind but <laughs> he was like oh my he was he kept hitting the floor tom and he was like oh my god i want that tone and it's coming out of shitty iphone speakers but it's like he's like this fucking four tom tone is so fucking good. Dude, you know, I was in a band with uh, Josh and Trevor from Divorce. We were yeah. called Nevada Mountains. I don't know if you remember that. That was like in like 2012-ish. Uh, but I always got you guys confused with Nevada Color. Yeah, yeah. It was like, that was a really funny coincidence because we didn't know each other at all and like came out right around the same time. Right. Like, and like Nevada is such like a random word. Like why? Right. How? Why it, not Oklahoma? Yeah, or... it just fucking happened. It's... Carolina. Really silly. But anyways, we were all living in the same house at that time. And Josh, uh, when we were first starting to like put those songs together, Josh was writing the songs and he was just like playing the drums in the basement, but recording it on his iPad. And the demos for like a lot of those early tracks sound awesome. The drums, like again, it's a very lo-fi sound, 
but it sounds like something that like you would like record drums with good mics and then put filters on them to get that sound. Right. And yeah. he was just like <laughs> a fucking iPad on a metal folding chair next to his drum kit. Everything right. was like so clear. And the microphones in those things are really good too because he's like hitting cymbals and it's not clipping out. Like even I've seen people record uh live videos of shows with iPhones and it's like very decent. good audio. Whereas yeah. if I tried to do that with my piece of shit phone, it would be like yep. <sighs> Yeah. You just have to get lucky with that stuff, I think. I mean I'll take Instagram videos and it'll be like it'll sound like a fucking waterfall or roller coaster <laughs> yeah. or something. Just nonsense. But yeah. I, it, I, yeah, it is really, really incredible the power this little thing has now. Oh, so you have you got an iPhone, or is that NASA on iPhone? No, this is a uh, this is an Android. Okay, but it, it does okay. I don't know. I just you know, it looks. I'm nice. a little bit of an I, Apple I, guy. An I Apple judge, nerd. I judge how nice phones are by how big they are. Yeah, right. I assume that if like the screen's big enough, it probably has like the. It's walking the walk. Right. It probably could talk the talk. <laughs> I'm guessing. It's got no memory. <laughs> yeah. It's got no processing power. But damn, that screen is nice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like the the phone can't even power the screen that it's uh, holding. No, yeah. No, you should say. No, it's it's yeah, it's crazy. I really think I wouldn't have ended up in music if GarageBand hadn't been a thing. Yeah. You know? Okay. So like, hey, good segue. Yeah. You're already a pro. Yeah. <laughs> <At> the po- <laughs> So like. Where did so you started recording in GarageBand? I guess yeah. But, um, before that, were you just like fucking around on guitar or anything? Like, how'd you get into music? What um, happened? Yeah, it was entirely a. Uh, I played saxophone when I was really young. Okay, and that was awesome, and I actually missed it a lot. And there, there are too many guitarists and not enough trumpet and uh, woodwind and bass players. Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> not bass players, uh, brass players. Um, but, uh, yeah, I started playing guitar in middle school. I, don't, I have no idea why. Really? The, yeah, the... I think it was just a love of music. Okay. I think back on it. And like a every... curiosity? Yeah. Um, I mean, I love playing saxophone, so, but I think guitar was like the cool thing to play, right? It looks cooler. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I sucked forever. Forever. I still suck. <laughs> I'm not a very good guitarist. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think the first thing I started recording, uh, we used to do like Green Day covers in a basement with some like high school buddies. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, a shitty high school band and then a college hip hop project. So I think that trajectory is pretty common. I think if you talk to any musician... Like, it'll be shitty high school band, college hip-hop project. Okay. And that's, like, I, I actually think that's, like, every middle-class white musician, <laughs> that was their trajectory. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. So that that's how I started. But I, I would not have done it. We recorded the high school band in a studio, um, but the, the hip-hop project in college was entirely garage band based. So is that where you started self-recording was on that? Yeah. Okay. And it was, uh, I just became obsessed with loops. It was so easy to loop in GarageBand. Yeah. It was just click and drag. Yeah. You would cut, click, drag. And then you would just, it, you could, it was amazing. You could take this like weird little moment and make something really droney. Mm-hmm. Or you could just take uh, four beats of fucking some song and then yeah. have and a hip And then put something droney underneath it and then you're just getting wild now. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was yeah. So Rob Band about, really made it happen, I think. Let's talk about this hip hop project. Oh, let's not. <laughs> no, we can. It's fine. Uh, we were called Pimp Shit. <laughs> okay. It's still, it's still on MySpace. <laughs> Pimp Shit. Yes. Nice. Uh, and I made the beats, and my friend Connor Lowe uh, rapped. Cool. And, and by, when I say rapped, you know, that's in air quotes. Yeah. For sure. It, it was some approximation of rapping. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. We had uh, the Orgy Boys. Nice. Uh, and that, which evolved into the Dirty Biz. <laughs> the Dirty Biz. Yes. Was we, there a fight over that name or what was No, that? no. What happened was there was just, we got like more people involved. Yeah. And there was actually a couple girls too. So we couldn't be the orgy boys. Right. Basically, this was like senior year of high school and then post high school. Yeah. And it was just like everybody that we were friends with, we made you like do a verse. So like the Dirty Biz album is like very nostalgic as in it's like my like post high school like fuck yeah freedom before like that just that brief second before real life hit you. Like, right. you know, like yeah, that yeah. like that that one summer that of joy. awesome. Like that's when we recorded yeah. that and uh it was cool. That was a good time. And uh but yeah, that's how I ended up starting like rapping seriously. It was a joke. Whereas like I started making beats because nobody else could. For the orgy boy stuff nice and then i was like well i guess i could kind of rap too and i was just like rapping about big fat titties and stuff just <laughs> cutting up and then like we were rapping about like <laughs> killing cops which is hilarious because <laughs> yeah. we were just terrified of cops there was no there was no way n- neither of us had ever come close to a gun and yeah. like oh, yeah dude. it was just the, it was so white there's a there's this kid and i doubt he'll ever hear this but if you do, please know that I'm not talking shit on you. I, I, I really <laughs> do enjoy this song. There's this kid, his rap name was Insane Blaine. Alright? And he had a song called Gun Bullets and Blood. I'll have to play it for you before <laughs> you leave. It's All classic. Right. He's just like talking about like walking around <laughs> Monroeville Mall and shooting people. Oh my god. And it's just like hysterical like how intense it is but he was just like this little white kid from new kensington yeah quiet guy yeah yeah see i would be i would probably be actually scared of that guy if he was just like a quiet mild-mannered person then i listened to his no, hip-hop track and it's about like mass no, murder i'd be no, like i think this it, guy no i think it was just like somebody that was into a lot of that like psychopathic records like right that, horror yeah, yeah. type horror, of stuff yeah. like I, th- I mean, the, I'm still friends with this kid on Facebook, and he's, like, a normal, well-adjusted person now. I don't think he's, like, rapping anymore. It was just, like, a phase. Like, I'm listening to Twisted and It was all a this thing. Shit. Yeah. It was definitely a thing. I mean... It's still a thing. It's... Uh, yeah, well, it will always be a thing, yeah. But, I I mean, I definitely remember when the the Eminem albums came out and were yeah. huge. And that must have been middle school for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Same. And uh, it was just all these fucking, like all these i don't know people just became obsessed with violence it was at the same time as uh south park i think it was like there was just this fascination all of a sudden with uh just crassness and violence which i think is also just a middle school thing yeah like when you get to middle school you're just like i can say fuck that's the most hilarious thing that ever happened oh yeah i fucking loved icp in seventh grade yeah and I fucking loved <laughs> South Park, and I was never I, that cool. I was never that cool. My yeah. Real, what was what was what were you like in seventh in, grade? Yeah, I was playing a shit ton of Pokemon, man. Okay, <laughs> that was, that's fine. I played Magic the Gathering. Yeah, there you go. See, yeah, Pokemon was the 
the nerdier version of Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Magic the Gathering now has some like credibility, I think. Yeah, like, a lot of really cool people I know are like really into Magic. I, I man, dude, I'm so bummed because I started playing Magic when I was in fourth grade. And that's, like, very early in the timeline for, like, any yeah. Magic the Gathering nerds. I started playing during Revised, right before 4th Edition came out. <laughs> Someone's creaming themselves right now, I guarantee you. That's right. old. It's that's my old. older brother. He owns, and like he owns the, a Magic the Gathering. And, like, the, the, I had so many fucking cards, a lot of really, really cool shit. And then, like, there was this time where, like, everybody I knew stopped playing. And, you know, I needed to, like pay for rent because i was like a shitty human being right and i just sold all my shit and yep. then you know 10 years later everybody's fucking playing magic now and i'm like god man i, I want to play magic the, it's uh, too expensive to get back into it now i don't is, I, I do so not want to dive into that i already have enough like unnecessary hobbies right yeah no totally <laughs> it's so expensive i've been playing hearthstone online which is essentially a magic the gathering rip ripoff okay and it's only online and they still, it's so easy to accidentally spend like a hundred bucks on this stupid online only game. So I can only imagine what it's like with regular magic. So like you were into Pokemon in seventh grade and shit, like any other yeah. sort of like well, I was nerdy like a, stuff? I was like an alt rock guy. So okay. hip hop at that time, hip hop didn't um, really hit me until much later. And in fact, I'm definitely still like a hip hop uh, noob, sure. essentially. Sure. Uh, I don't know a lot of. Uh, hip-hop music except the really really mainstream stuff um but yeah i was like into to the green day and the pop punk and yeah uh, like definitely third eye blind okay and yeah. like i don't know uh, yeah Goo Goo I, dolls and that sort of shit so yeah that was like um like early mid 90s epitaph era bands were like my shit yeah in that time frame um and like Green Day Dookie, that's the first CD I ever bought. Yeah, you know that's a. I mean, it it's was, a classic. Yeah, so fuck it, the haters. Honestly, there's such this. <laughs> there is this. Uh, I don't know. There's this big pushback against bands that were like mainstream because oh, I mean, yeah, because like, they pose as punk. Green Day and so hugely yeah. successful and blah 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 blah. Dookie's a great album. It's if an awesome album. Nimrod's good too. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. I like American Idiot. Somebody probably wants to stab me because of that. They're like, what the you fuck know, is wrong with you? You around terrible that, taste. American Idiot, good album. There's no such thing as a terrible taste in music if it makes you happy. Yeah. Uh, there's... I honestly never even listened to American Idiot. I know the singles. Right, because they were but, everywhere. But yeah, by that yeah. time, I I had phased out of buying Green Day albums, I yeah. think. I think I, I think I cut <laughs> off at Insomniac. Was that before or after Nimrod? I think that was after Nimrod. I think so. It might have been before. I don't know. I know Dookie, Insomniac, Nimrod, and then like the early stuff like Kerplunk and the Thirty Nine yeah. Smooth. Yeah, Rancid too was a big one from for me, and I they were on Epitaph too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Out Come the Wolves is the only album I'm Perfect familiar album. with, but that album Perfect slays. Album. It's so good. I listened to that album. It was like, I think this would have been like late middle school, early high school maybe, but like that and Weird Al Yankovic were like the two CDs I oh, brought like on Bad Hair Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or running running with scissors. Okay. Okay. So I think that was I don't know. I don't know the weird Al Yankovic. Bad Hair Day was the one that had uh Amish Paradise on it. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> the classic. Um <laughs> that's that's a great one. Um but and Out Come the Wolves and Running with Scissors were like the two CDs I brought with me 
and just listen to them nonstop. This one, like, summer vacation. Like, instead of having to deal with my family. Yeah. I just listen to these two CDs over and over and over again. That will probably, like, Out Come the Wolves will probably be, like, one of the Desert Island albums. Okay. It's, it's 23, 24 tracks. It's pretty long, yeah. There's a lot of material on it. Yeah, it's and insane. It, it slays. It's yeah. good. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the shit I was into. I kind of missed the Eminem train. Um, my friend Joey Schuler, who plays in Cousin Boneless, if you've heard of him, um, has been trying to get me into Eminem, and I just can't do it. I can't do it now. I know yeah. Eminem is the guy now who puts out terrible radio singles. Yeah, I, don't I feel like. like there's some things that, like, you can't shake. Like, those early Eminem albums have that, like, late 90s, early 2000s stamp on them. Yeah. And you can't shake it unless, like, you have this nostalgic attachment to the sound of that era. Yeah. I think it would be really hard for you to get into it. It's like, I never, I kind of liked Eminem when it came out, but I think I liked it more just because of how abrasive it was. Like, oh, like, this is so, this guy's that out of his mind. That was a fascination with it. And everybody's talking about it. So I was like, yeah, like, this is cool, but... If like I had somebody burn me a CD and maybe like I never really listened to it, I was just like it just I didn't get it, you know. Yeah, like, it just it didn't click. But I I just remember both those albums, Slim Shady and Marshall Mathers, being huge. Yeah, really big. He, like everybody was talking about them. And the thing is, if it if fucking conservative media and like all the parent organizations, yeah, hadn't been so up in arms against it, it wouldn't have been as important oh no no way not at all i think that's like if they hadn't if there hadn't been protests against these albums all my middle school buddies wouldn't have given the shit <laughs> like it was just it's the it's the you know any press is good press sort of thing oh, i definitely. think they made those albums larger than they were but they were good albums too i mean i've still when i listen to them i'm like yeah i i kind of get it i wish you didn't drop the f-bomb so much he didn't yeah yeah not the fuck one the other one Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. like ugh. it's. I mean, it's I, it, like it, it's, it's terrible. Like, like I mean, like even when I was a kid, it made me feel really uncomfortable because I have a an uncle who's gay, who's like the my closest member of my family. Like I love that dude to death. Yeah. And it's just like even like hearing that shit when I was in like seventh and eighth grade, it always like left a bad taste in my mouth when like rapper said it or people did like the you're gay, or that's gay. Like even when I was a kid, I was just like, what are you talking about? Like. <laughs> It's Don't you have anything better to rap about? Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really just lazy. I mean, it's absolutely reprehensible. Obviously, it's it stupid. Doesn't, it doesn't... I understand that, like, in their head, it doesn't mean, like, what they're saying. Like, you know, like, yeah. they're using it... Like, they could easily be saying, like, idiot or shit like it's just like a, it's right. like in a, it's like i want to offend you with a word, and this is right. it. This is what it like, is. Like, I mean, yeah. like, it, and it's so, like... It's like... It has that same sharpness to it when it rolls off your tongue that something like, like, cunt has. It's so, yeah. like, whoa. Like, oh, like, whoa, he said that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's like, eh. So I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't support it. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's you know, it, the frustration towards Eminem, I think. is This, this is just going to be a whole hour of us talking about Eminem, and I don't even know Eminem that well. Yeah. So this yeah. is going to be great for anyone listening. <laughs> no, I think, like, also... You know, uh, I think there's a ton of actual uh, depictions of violence against women. Yeah, music, there's right? that too. There's yeah. like a, just a repeated theme. And it's like, don't, there should be something you better to rap about. I don't know. Um, 
yeah, I don't I don't know where to draw the line for for that sort of stuff when it comes to like censorship versus like art, common sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. and then art as well. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, is this like your artistic integrity to have a song about like? Do you really killing need... killing your ex wife or ex girlfriend? Right. Whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Is that but then it's like, well, like, what about horror movies and how women are commonly like the theme of who gets you know ripped to shreds and fucked up in horror I movies. Love horror movies. Exactly. I, love horror I do movies. too. But then like you start thinking about it and somebody says some shit like that and you're like, ah, well, I don't know. It is horror movies are this like, or at least in the in the classic American horror movies are definitely. Uh, the the monster or the villain is always the moral force, right? Yeah. He's always the person who makes it out alive is always the virgin uh good person. Uh-huh. And everybody who's fucking and doing drugs gets killed. Um which is really interesting. But also kind of perverse and kinda of, and I think it I think a lot of horror is either consciously or unconsciously playing off these ideas of morality, right? And I wonder how much like someone like Eminem is doing that, but it's exactly. at the same time, yeah, like, yeah. Like, why don't you have any? I mean, there's, a, there's uh, this amazing um, "Hooray for the Riff Raff." They're from New Orleans. I've seen they're, them play. I saw yeah? them at, uh, they played the uh, the outdoor thing recently, the regatta, right? I have no this idea. This past year, I think they did. They have a like a female singer, Alinda Lee. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were fucking awesome. Yeah, 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 they, yeah, they yeah. kill it. They're yeah. awesome. I saw them uh, once a long time ago, and I saw Linda Lee once, and she has this song about why do you need to write another song about shooting a woman down? That's her response. It's not like I. <laughs> it's not like don't let. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your art. It's why would you write another song about this? Like, sure. Why would you write another song about violence against women? Why would you write another song about how being gay sucks? Mm-hmm. You know, being gay is like really effeminate and you're not a real man or whatever. Um, which is just like my feeling on it too. It's like, if you've, you've literally anything to write about and you're writing about murdering your ex-girlfriend or how much your ex-girlfriend's. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, that's just where you are. And the thing that where, yeah. the, where the line gets drawn, I think, is like, that's what you want to share with the world. But the world might not necessarily want that, and you need to be willing to accept that as an artist. Like, I think that you should be able to create whatever you want. Yeah. But if people don't want to hear it, you can't get mad at them for that, you know? Yeah. Because, like, I just – I write shit that I know nobody in the world wants to hear sometimes. Like, I write some, like, (laughs) pretty fucking, like – even, like, the fucking, like, the – my album got reviewed in the Pittsburgh City paper. I saw it, actually. And, and yeah, the, the quote, there was a quote in it saying that it was painfully self-deprecating. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, like, <laughs> I think that, you know, sometimes people, they, that's not what that person wants to hear. Whereas, like, it, whenever I hear music that's, like coming from someone who is going through some shit or yeah. that's like it's like, okay, cool, like, I relate to this. And even though the song is miserable, I feel better because that's, I'm connecting with somebody on that level. And that's like who I write music for is people who are frustrated with shit. I'm frustrated with stuff. Yeah. And then, then I get it out and then I'm generally in a good mood otherwise. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it is, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted about the idea of like writing music as catharsis. 
Yeah. Um, I think it's super helpful to me sometimes to to write down or vocalize like whatever. Like I just released a uh, a split as Highways, which is my solo project that was dealing with like a lot of things and a lot of loss. Sure. Um, and uh, a fair amount of uh, frustration mm-hmm. and um, loneliness and that sort of thing. And I say all these things. And there are people who are like, I don't want to fucking listen to that. That sounds like shit. Give me some Miley Cyrus bangers. Please. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I wonder if that's not if, – if it is a little self-centered. I don't know. I think I think my music's incredibly self-centered. Yeah, it's just – I mean uh, – But, I mean, it's just – that's where it is. I yeah, don't know. It's what it is. I mean, that's the, that's the scene I run in is the, uh, I guess, uh, like folk – and emo scenes, which can be very singer-songwriter yeah. and, like, electric emo stuff can be very self-centered and very much based on, like, narrative and, like, getting over your own shit. Yeah, you know, and I always try, whenever I write, I try to, like, I, I always, like, start with a particular situation. Then I will either elaborate or pull away from the situation in order to make the best song that I can out of it. So it's never there's like never a song that's really about a specific thing. It's always inspired by something. But mm-hmm. if I'm like, well, the song would be a lot better if I say that this thing happened or like this rhyme right. that I want to happen isn't gonna work. Like, but if I say that this happens, it works. Then like I embellish it, and then I try to also make yeah. it so it's like something that's more universal that anybody that's listening to it could yes. be like could like get. But I'm still like doing a lot of stuff like saying like. I and myself and using things like that so it makes it sound like yep. I'm talking about me but it's really like if it's you're the more, listener put yeah. yourself into my shoes and then look at the song through my See, eyes that, that's what that's what I like um I really like the idea well I come from I also when I was in college I did fiction writing okay so I really like especially we were talking about the mountain goats earlier like their they write stories, like literally stories. And what those stories do, even if they're about terrible, horrible uh, people with fucked up lives who treat each other like shit, yeah. that's like 90% of the Mountain Goats, I feel. Um, <laughs> then uh, uh, it creates this idea of like empathy. I really like uh, art or music as empathy. Yeah. Um, that like art should be made to make people be able to feel more sure and feel more for other people yeah definitely which is really cool i think that's that's what i get into art music whether it's like audio art visual art paintings video it needs to have a purpose yeah and that's something that i've like come to realize as i've gotten older even though i feel like a lot of the stuff I was doing it when I was younger, I was just doing it to do it. Mm-hmm. It still kind of had some sort of a purpose. But now everything that I'm doing is like very focused and specific. And anytime I'm taking in other people's music, I'm wondering like, where are they coming from? What is the angle on this? Yeah. But I also don't know if that's maybe me being too much behind the curtain and overanalyzing right. things. Yeah. I wonder if uh, how often the non-musician listeners of music are like i wonder i wonder you know but it's also part of the the industry now it's like i wonder what taylor swift was going through when she wrote this song you know like Uh that's that's part of the money-making machine as well did you ever uh are you a lana del rey fan at all 
Uh, I liked video games when it came out. That's okay. About it. Uh, did you? I'm assuming you probably didn't keep up with her in the Ultra Violence album that she put out. Uh, Dan Auerbach produced that album from the Black Keys. Cool. And it's it's a phenomenal album. It's all live musicians. They track the most of it live, like her handheld singing in the studio with like dudes like it's fucking awesome great album very beautiful sounding cool but whenever they brought the stuff to the label reps they were like what the fuck is this like because it was so different from uh born to die yeah and they were like we need to get other producers in here like this guy doesn't know what he's doing so they got adele's producer to come in and they showed him the stuff and Adele's producer is like, what the fuck are you talking about? This stuff's great. And the label's like, we love it. And then they released it. <laughs> so they needed somebody else to cut. They yeah. needed somebody with yeah, like slightly Dan, more credibility. Yeah, Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys is like Didn't a have huge cre- stadium rock touring band. Right, yeah, but yeah. I guess he's not on a Adele or Lana Del Rey level. But that still big he's... in the rock band. Like, you know, he's, I mean, he's pretty big. Big in the rock world. Yeah. Definitely. But, you know, the pop world's a little bit above that now i guess yeah i don't know what the fuck is pop anymore it's anything i have no idea it's just max martin it's just that one guy (laughs) have you read those articles no oh about max martin okay here's one of my major musical heroes because i love pop music uh max martin is the guy who wrote hit me baby one more time he wrote a lot of nsync's hits okay he wrote pretty much every major taylor swift hit of the last five years uh kelly clarkson since you've been gone song i love that song it's a good he's song. just he is a swedish dude who i think he's swedish okay uh who's just written like every major hit in forever for the last 20 years which i think is amazing in part because in 20 years it feels like pop music has changed a lot oh yeah and then also because people who say pop music is easy to make, everybody's like, I don't yeah, agree with that at all. I don't agree with that at all either. Not even close. No. People are like, oh, yeah, I could bang out a pop single. It's really simple. You do three chords and then this. And then it's like, no, only like three people in the world can oh, do it's like, it. Yeah, it's, it's Max like... Martin, Beyonce, and Jay-Z. And that's like it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of really good people that produce a lot of great pop music. Yes, but what true. you're saying is like... There's always, like, the people who are like, like, smells like teen spirit is so easy, but it's like, but you didn't fucking write it. Right, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I, sure, anybody anybody could have wrote it, but they fucking did it. And yeah. the song slams. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah. Like, it's... You I, probably will I never hate, write a song as good as smells like teen spirit. <laughs> I hate when people confuse, like, like, the, like, technicality with good songwriting. It's a oh, huge definitely. pet peeve of mine. Yep. I know a lot of people... The first time I actually encountered this was a kid who I went to high school with who also made beats, who was like one of three people in my high school that made beats, and myself included. There was this other kid uh, who did a lot of like turntable stuff and was really into like the underground hip hop way of making beats, and then this kid who had like a huge, nice, like fucking Phantom 81 key workstation computer and like nice. was like super like like technical and knew like everything and could play piano really really well and like was like very smart and knew what the fuck he was talking about yeah but everything he made was like boring and like just he just couldn't he wasn't a good songwriter 
And it's like, while he was technically proficient, he just was not a good songwriter. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I was a great songwriter, but I didn't know what the fuck I was doing and the stuff I did sounded cooler than his. <laughs> so it was just like, it's not really like... It's, what it you, sounds a little bit petty. You're just like, back when I was in high school, yeah. the stuff I was making was yeah. way cooler than the stuff this guy was making. No, but it's just like, it was like, I mean, again, not to like, it, I know it makes yeah, me yeah. sound like a dick, but it's no, just no, like, no, no, it was I'm the kidding. first thing where it was like, I kind of realized, well, it's like, even though I don't, this guy, like, because like when I remember... When I was waiting to hear like the stuff that he was doing, I was expecting it to be so great, right? Yeah, because of his knowledge. Yeah, and then when I heard it, I was just like, "What?" The we were, wow. I mean, we were talking yeah. about this too. Um, some of the best songwriters I know are people with very little technical knowledge and uh, very little like <laughs> ear. I guess. Wait, is is can we make a difference between like technical knowledge and having an ear? Or knowing what sounds good to you. Yeah. You know? Like like the Mountain Goat stuff, it's like they knew four chords. That's all they needed. They needed four chords and eight track. I 100% firmly believe if you if your song can't sound good with you and an acoustic guitar, then it's not a very good song. And yeah. it's different when it comes to hip-hop and I've, pop music and stuff I mean, like I've that. heard that. But, and, I mean, no, because like, even like, I don't know, I've thought about that. It, I guess like... With certain genres of music, it does alter. But as far as like a bass like pop song or a good rock song, right? If it can't be played like with an acoustic guitar or on piano, like because like what you're doing is you're stripping it down to like the melody and the rhythm, right? Like, yeah, and chord, I guess. So it's like very like bass. Like where is like what is the skeleton of this song? Yeah, you know, with a lot of like electronic stuff and hip hop, it gets jazzed up with like fun, catchy like sampled loops and stuff that right. just like make your head bob. But it's like you can't do that with an acoustic guitar, yeah. obviously. But it's like it's a different aesthetic, right? I'm also like firmly in the camp. You generally don't need more than like four or five chords. There's, I mean, there are technicians, and I love technical music. And there's some great technical music in Pittsburgh. Like you see some musicians play, and you're like, holy, fuck. yeah. But and and they can also write a good song. But I don't know. I think there there is you know among musicians a certain snobbery about like. Oh, you wrote a three-chord song. You're not good enough. Which mm-hmm. is not true. No. Some of these, <coughs> especially young people, first-time songwriters who don't know any better, write these amazing, beautiful, weird melodies on three chords. And you're like, I haven't heard anything like this. And you're, you're, it, it feels so real. It's great. You know, it's the, the ignorance or the lack of experience can really sometimes cater to like a much more creative product. Yeah. You know, uh, it's something that I could compare to watching like a child draw. Right. Like, like scribbles. And it's like, what is that supposed to be? And it's like, Oh, that's a, like a guy riding a unicorn through space. And it's (laughs) just like, how did you like, okay. Like, I think I kind of see it, but it's like, they're like young, (laughs) modern art, they're young brains, like scrambling. Like they know what they want to get they can't quite do it but they're still trying yeah and like there's something really interesting coming out of that yeah and you can get that out of a lot of not of a lot some young musicians yeah for sure any like art young artist in general are you a technician like are you like a person who who studies or do you do any like exercises or anything no not at all yeah no i i I just have you ever taken vocal lessons no no i just like if I want to do something, I just, like, figure it out, you know, uh, is, like, 
I want to make beats. So I had like a beat making program for Sony PlayStation. It was like MTV's music generator. But yeah. I mean, like it had a step <laughs> sequencer in it. And then like I was over at my friend's house who had a drum machine, which is actually the first drum machine I bought. I still have it. It's over there. Fuck and yeah. it was like it, the step sequencing was like, this is exactly like the PlayStation, but it's on a unit. And that's like how I started making beats was from that thing. And then as far as like rapping or doing any type of vocals, just like, well, let's just do it. It doesn't sound right. Keep doing it. I'm very much just right. like, let's just do it till it sounds right or it looks right. right. You got to trust your own ear. That's the thing. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever be a technician. I don't think I'm at the point yet where like sometimes I'll have an idea and you know what it is and what you want it to sound like and you can't get it there. Yeah. And I'm, you know, that's the, uh, I heard somebody describe, I think it was like, I forget what it was. It was a play or something. But they were like, that moment when your artistic like imagination matches your skill. And I don't, I don't think I'm quite there yet where I'm just like, I know what I want to do. I want to do this. And I still I can't do it. Yeah, I think know? that. Or like, when you write a song on guitar and then when you go to play it, you can't play it. Have you ever had that moment where you're like, "Oh, this is the perfect chord," and then you can't play that chord. You can't get to that chord fast enough. Yeah, there's or always like stuff that I'm really bad at um, explaining things because like I went through a long phase where I was like, I just want to do stuff by myself, and then over the years I became really fond of collaborating and starting yes, to work I with different people yes. and the biggest problem i have now is i have these ideas in my head and i'm trying to describe them to other people and i'm really bad at <laughs> describing things because i'm That's not a major problem because yeah. i'm not very technical so i'm just like you know like do the thing with this thing and then like now like wait we want the thing that goes yeah you know? yeah and then like not people, the and like people are like, what? But then like we we work it out. It's not that bad. It, but it's uh, it is a problem sometimes. I'm yeah. so used to being in my head, and then when I try to describe it out yeah. loud, it just doesn't. It's been really nice. I've been moving away from um, I recorded my solo highways split with uh, Cormac from Derider. Okay. Um, super super awesome guy. Shout out to Cormac. Uh, Cormac. Cormac. <laughs> um, and that was a lot of fun and it got way better quality than I ever could have done by myself and he brought in a whole bunch of ideas and totally transformed these songs into something that I've been playing these songs for like five years um, I'm a very slow songwriter um, but they became something totally different in the studio through collaboration and I also really like just I don't know because you're you're the lead vocalist of your band right you're, yeah the uh, metal band the metal band yeah. and then you're the head of Sykes, yeah. essentially. You're the band leader, uh -huh. the conductor. Yeah, the um, ring leader. Yeah. Um, I really love being a supporting player. Yeah. And I think there's maybe... I don't know how many musicians I know who are really into that, but I actually like it so much more than writing my own stuff. I really enjoy writing my own stuff, and sometimes you got to get something out there, and you just you wake up and you're like, I need this. I need to get this out. Mm -hmm. um, but... Being, I've been playing bass with my roommate Cam's project Lawn Care, and I've been playing bass in this amazing project called Salvage the Tongue, and it has been so much more rewarding than laboring so intensely over, yeah, my own thing. I think I'm a masochist, so I'm just like right. Yeah, you enjoy that? Yeah. You enjoy the uh, yeah. the pain of and trying also, to create art? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that the other thing too is that 
primarily like the stuff that I do is I'm a lot more electronic and like keys based stuff. Yeah. So it's not really like like I don't play guitar. I don't play bass. So the options for me to kind of just like weasel into a project as like a a side guy, it's very minimal. Right. Like I mean that's basically what I was in Nevada Mountains because I was just doing like sampling and triggering weird stuff and then i was kind of in the background like oh what do you want a couple sounds cool so that was actually (laughs) fun i had a lot of fun doing that yeah so i do see where you're coming from it's just like somebody in my position like the the options aren't as like available right yeah and everybody's like hey you know anybody that plays guitar like yeah (laughs) very rarely very rarely do you hear like hey do you know anybody that makes beats that wants to be in a rock band (laughs) we're in the wrong decade for that yeah you gotta go back what 10 years yeah 10 years yeah no maybe like yeah maybe 15 or 16 years now i i I work at the roboto project and you'd actually be surprised how many bands come in with like pre-recorded tracks that they play with like full rock bands yeah that's a thing i guess it's a thing i just didn't know because i thought live music was still something that rock bands care about but i'm i'm fascinated and like what genres of rock music are we talking? They were, they were like pop punk bands. Yeah. Okay. Uh, metal bands. Yep. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, just like tech metal, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But it, it was just, it was so odd because I guess it's part of you know this garage band and like technological uh, stuff has just made. Even rock bands who are so obsessed with authenticity sometimes. That's, the idea of rock music being obsessed with that's authenticity. Just what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um we've we've entered an interesting arc in recording technology. Yeah. Where we got to a point where things that weren't technically possible before became possible. And then some motherfuckers did it and people were like, Oh wow, that album sounds great. That album sounds better than any other album that's ever been put out in quotes. Right. Because of how crisp and what fucking clean of? everything is. Like, uh, like primarily in metal, um, where like a lot of like everything started getting like heavily triggered with the drums and very yeah. quantized, just like clean, precise, which you need to you know pr- really produce those recordings, and to some extent to get yeah. them to sound as meticulous as the people want them to sound. So it's like, oh, wow, this is cool. And then songwriting changed because, like, oh, like, we can write this really, really crazy stuff because now we can do it in the studio. Yeah. And then, like, they – so things that weren't humanly possible and still aren't humanly possible are possible in the studio. Yeah. Then that gets you to the problem where you're at with bands needing backing tracks when right. they How play live, live because yeah. it's like – well, shit, like, that part sounded awesome when we had fucking six guitar layers going on, but <laughs> whoops, I guess now we gotta fucking bring an MP3 player with us. Or and, hire five more guitarists, yeah, yeah that's the only other option. Whenever I listen to a lot of technical metal now, and I do enjoy a lot of that stuff just because, again, I'm really into abrasive things. And it's just so intense, and like, whoa. We might be opposites. Are you a pop music fan too? I do like pop music. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm like, I, I really have I, very little patience, honestly, for any sort of metal. Which, like, yeah. <laughs> no, which is I, really yeah, interesting. I, I grew up on metal. I love metal. Um, it's I'm definitely like metal at heart for sure, 100. percent Yeah. You know, like, 
it's funny like today um i've been doing like this like a december post different vinyl tasks like there's like a vinyl december vinyl worship hashtag where like somebody made this list and every day there's like a different challenge for like the thing it's just like a fun instagram vinyl community thing and today's thing was like put, put up like a a collection that you have of a band like a uh more than three pieces right and i was torn between because i have the full pig destroyer discography and the full paramore discography and i was torn between which <laughs> one i wanted the post because they're like right next to each other in the wall and that's the thing is like okay, that's fucking hilarious and i absolutely adore both of those bands yeah. but for different reasons it's just like yeah i love the sonic chaos the rawness of pig destroyer and then paramore is a band that i just love uh amazing production amazing songwriting like really really great pop rock yeah like you cannot fuck with that stuff it's so good it's fucking like i can talk about paramore for hours and Pink destroyer <laughs> so i'm definitely on both sides i would of... i would go see that tour yeah for sure <laughs> i'd buy a ticket to that tour <laughs> but yeah um sick. but with metal yeah, but the basic point that I was gonna get at when I listen to really really technical stuff in metal, yeah, I almost I, I look at it from the perspective of listening to like an electronic album and not a metal album because of the way it's recorded. So it's practically yeah. uh, it's practically an electronic album. Yeah, and I also really like electronic music because as a someone who records music, I love production. Yeah, I really yeah I don't I think my instrument is out of date. Uh, I think uh, the it's, guitar is going the way know, of, of the dinosaur. I honestly think so. No, I agree with you, and it's fucking with me, because there's a lot of bands that I like that are rock bands that are putting out albums now that are questionably rock albums. Right, exactly. Like, even when you're using those same instruments, uh, I'm thinking of like the, the funk guitar on Daft Punk or Katy Perry's California Girls. Okay, right? yeah. It's just a... It's It sounds like an electronic tone. It's like a disco guitar. Like these... I. The by way of dinosaur, I just I mean there's always going to be people in basements playing rock music. Yeah, I think probably pop music is going to be like country or electronic. You know, pop. I Those was. Are, I think it's going to become more and more like that. I think that's why like I really really love the new of Monsters and Men album. I don't know if you listen to it. No, I don't know it that much. Um, it it's they're a very very big band. They're like indie folk pop rock, like a nice mm-hmm. mix of stuff. I kind of lump them in uh, with the uh, Mumford and Sons. Yeah, you know, I did I th- I did for a while, and I think that I remember their first album, like whenever they came out a few years ago, and they had like that once that one hit with like the hey. Yeah, thing right. or whatever. Yeah. It was just they so, get a bad like, it was so like bad poppy and like single. very yeah. like uh like friendly, like summer fun. This new album sounds like winter. If like their old stuff sounded like summer, it's very okay. like it's a lot darker, it's moody, the production is huge, just like these really big drums, powerful vocals, like awesome melodies. Okay. And cool. it's you know Fleet Foxes y. Yeah, but like a little more up tempo, not okay. so like. Gotcha. Like Fleet Foxes, you know what fucks me up about Fleet Foxes is the, the bass player from Blood Brothers was a founding member of Fleet Foxes. What the fuck? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yep. That. 
<laughs> that guy's got a hell of a career. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really weird when you start diving into like different bands that are uh, in like a lot of like crazy stuff like that, yeah. and where they go as they get older. You know what I think is the the number one guy for that is Bonnie Vare. Okay, because he's in Bonnie Vare, which has got he's got the Sad Boy in the Cabin album. Yeah, and then he's got the kind of experimental, album. and he's in Volcano Choir, which is even weirder experimental shit. And then he's in a bar rock band, and then he's also hanging out with Kanye. Yeah. So that guy has got to have the perfect life. Like, any sort of music he wants to do, he does it well. And, like, so I think he's the, like... It's really, yeah. Music renaissance man right now. He can do anything, and he can do it well. It's neat, too, just, like, when you find out about different musicians that are friends with each other. I remember a long time ago reading an article where... um, uh, I, f- I don't remember who they were interviewing, but basically the conversation that was brought up was that Kirk Hammett, Jack Johnson, and John Theodore, who was drumming for the Mars Volta, had like a jam band in California because I guess they all like lived kind of close together and they would just like hang out and jam. That sounds awesome. Right? <laughs> it's just like... What would that sound like? I have no <laughs> idea what that sounds like. For some reason, as much as I don't want to say it, I feel like it's probably like the most boring dad shit. Just like... You think just, it's... Yeah. Just like like hanging out, drinking Coronas. I'm just, like, I'm just, just imagining like, J- Jack Johnson like, guitars with like the most spastic drums in the world. <laughs> and it sounds... In my head, it sounds beautiful. It's like down-tempo guitar, like soft strumming, like murmured vocals and just like but then like even if uh jack johnson was on the one handsome boy modeling school album which had like mike patton you're familiar with mike patton he was like yeah. in, i like... actually don't know any music oh really except maybe some pittsburgh music okay well you That's know it. you know jack johnson <laughs> yes but like the the handsome boy modeling school stuff was produced by dan the automator who did like the early gorillas stuff okay and uh it's just like that's a very interesting album and mixture of people and actually the Mars Volta dudes are on that album as well, which is like, now we're connecting dots. Right. You know, so it's like, all these people are in the same circles and know each other. And also, <laughs> uh, fucking, there's a band, two of my favorite albums this year was like, the new Chelsea Wolf album was my favorite album this year. Okay. And then, uh, there's Sister Crayon. Like, but anyways, I found out that the girl from Sister Crown and Chelsea Wolf had a project in 2007. Oh my god! Together, and I just found out about it a couple days ago, and it's just like acousticy folk stuff, and it's just like, what? This is crazy. Yeah. Everybody knows each other. It's so wild. Everybody's yeah. Well, I think why is that? I wonder if it's just like talented people attract other yeah. talented people. I mean, you know? I think about even just like if we narrow it down to Pittsburgh, it's like. You know, the band crossover we're like is insane, in, yeah. We're, like, in completely different demographics of the local yeah, scene. Yeah, I wonder, like, how many but, times have we had conversations before this right now? Never. Because really. I've seen you at shows. Yeah. And then I'm, I always, like, kind of think to say hi, or I do the double take, because you kind of look like yeah. people I know, and then I don't think we've ever had a conversation before no. now. Which is insane, because Pittsburgh is tiny. Yeah. And we're both musicians. It's tiny, but it's also really, really big at the same time. Yeah. There's a lot of music going on. There is a lot of music, and there's very little overlap, which is interesting. Yeah. And, like, that's the one really cool thing about, like, whenever I was doing... I've been in so many different styles of music. Yeah. And then, like, even now with, like, Sykes, I can... It's, it's like, doesn't really fit into anything, so I kind of get away with just playing any show that have me that's a dream so i meet a lot of people that way yeah and then you know also just from playing in so many bands over the years you just like i've 
popped into different situations. Right. Yeah. And also, I'm one of those like weird local musicians that likes going to shows that he's not playing. Nobody does that anymore. <laughs> so sometimes well, I sometimes I I I, uh, I just like hey like you know my friend's gonna be at this weird thing. I don't know any of these bands. I was like okay yeah I'll come check it out. Right. Like I saw you at uh I was at the Bloomfield Bridge Tavern show. At my was that my birthday show? Yeah. I think Wait, that what was. the fuck? You were there? Yeah. Thanks for being there. I yeah. Guess that yeah, was you played literally like, like four sets. I, that was the time of my life. I've never had so much fun. <laughs> yeah, in I my was life. there. I popped in for a little bit. That's sweet. Because yeah. like I just had a, like a couple of friends who were like, yeah, we're going to this thing, and I was like, was oh, it okay. Matt? Was it Matt Very? No, it was uh, Ryan. Ryan and Serto. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. He's a super homie. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Um, yeah, I played a song with... But with yeah, then I ended up seeing Matt there, not to cut you off, but yeah, Matt showed up, and I yeah. was like, oh, you're here too, and just like, I knew everybody there. That was a great there. night. It was it, so great. It was funny, because like, he just said like, yeah, my friend's playing a show, and I had no idea what I was walking into. Right. But I walked in, and I was like, oh, I know all these people. This is fine. Yeah. That's the... It's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. You probably... I mean, who who's your favorite band in Pittsburgh? Who's the band? Ed Hockley. You, Ed Hockley, they fucking rule. They're my favorite Pittsburgh band. Um, even though they tour so much, it's they're a Pittsburgh band. Even they don't all live in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're from here. They're death. Like that's the first thing that comes to mind. I was thinking on the way over here because I was listening to your interview with uh, Derek that it's so cool that AF Records is grabbing Ed Hockley, Derek, and Endless Mike. Yeah, because those bands have been around forever busting their asses and making great music and the fact that they're now like getting some uh-huh. major major support from a pittsburgh based record company yeah is so 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 cool another another favorite band of mine right now probably on just like like the di like we're just starting trash bag trash bag rules i love trash bag. okay so we actually like that's so funny that like we almost never see each other but i love both of those bands. yeah trash bag i'm my roommates band that i play bass in lawn care we have a battle set with trash bag nice. in january nice. i'm actually kind of nervous because they rip yeah so we gotta fucking well, we gotta been, step our game up I think. i've been uh i can i guess uh, some people will listen to this and we've been talking about it for a while but me and trash bag are gonna do a split fuck yes and uh the way that i want to do it is i'm gonna record all their stuff and then for my stuff i'm gonna sample their recordings oh my and like God. make beats out of their shit and then rap on it that sounds so cool fun. why not let's do it i fucking love playing with that band and it's just like again it's like you know live band hip-hop and then just like three kids doing like hardcore punk whatever you want to call it i it's don't just even like, know how to describe it doesn't it, yeah. like it doesn't make any sense but it makes so much sense so the thing is it's like we're all hanging out to have fun and just make some noise yeah and I think that's, like, where the connection is. Those have been some of my favorite shows to go to, too. Is like, just the weird... The one where there's, like, a hip-hop act, a ska band, and, like, a hardcore band. Yeah. And you're just like, this is so much fun. It's, and it makes sense somehow. It's cool because it's just, like, a, it's almost like having, like, your mp3 player on shuffle you know and you right. just like scatter through it's random hard to get stuff bored at a show yeah like that. and yeah. like you're hanging around so many different types of people too because yeah. it's not like like the bane of my existence even though i fucking love hardcore music is hardcore shows <laughs> and it, it's like it's like that's a problem that i've had for a long time where i really really do enjoy the music but i can't go to the shows yeah i just do not mesh with the demographic of people that go to those shows i don't like the mindset of like 
the pit and all that I know, stuff. I know nothing about the Pittsburgh hardcore scene that much, except that it seems some... to be thriving pretty well. Oh, it's huge. And there are great bands, really great bands. But it's like I've never found it to be an incredibly welcoming scene for me personally. <laughs> me neither. I think that... I think the two most welcoming scenes, I moved back to Pittsburgh, I, I was in college and I moved back to Pittsburgh, and I was here probably two years before I made any friends through music, and then now 90% of my friends through yeah. music, you know? Um, but the hardcore scene, when I started going to hardcore shows and metal shows, that was the one, and maybe it's because I'm like a little dude with a kind of whiny voice and I don't wear all black, you know? Yeah. Uh, but like, I like I think I fell into the folk punk and... and I guess you could call it emo crowds, because they were the most accepting. Um, it, there is an inclusiveness to it, but also I don't really like metal mm-hmm. or hardcore that much, so it yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, but they seem to be nice people. They they do a lot of shows at Roboto that I'll watch or run sound for, and they seem to be people who have fun, but they're kind of clickish, and that's how I feel about all Pittsburgh music, actually. That's people. In, that's humans. Yeah. But it's, I wish, yeah, I, yeah. That's, that's why the joy of the ska hard, hardcore hip-hop shows, that's where that joy uh-huh. comes from, is because it's, there's, you can't be clickish at that show. Yeah. You just, you can't. There's no. going to be weirdos and strangers. Yeah, it's so weird, you know, like, I played at Alter Bar last night. Um, How was it? I saw you, yeah, I saw it on the, on your Facebook, and I was like, holy shit. I never played a venue half that big. <laughs> it was great, you know, and like that was the second time that we had played there this month. Um, That's awesome. And I love those big shows. It's the lights, the sound. It's fucking awesome. But still, like my favorite show that I probably played this year was in People's Warehouse. Fuck yeah, People's Warehouse. Shout out to People's Warehouse, Shout Mason. Out. If you're listening yeah. <laughs> to this, you are a super homie, and I'm gonna kick your ass at Smash Brothers. Yeah, it's on. Like People's Warehouse. Sick House, everybody there. Yeah. Shoutouts to, I mean, they had the, all of them on the show. Did an episode with them. They, there's a Sick House. Episode? There's a Sick House episode. Oh my god, I gotta listen to that. Yeah, uh, we recorded it at the Sick House. It was only appropriate. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's I, I just something about that environment that I love, and it's really conflicting for me right now because I'm in this transition where I'm trying to do bigger things. Yeah. And make moves, and but it's like. How many moves can I make in like the house show scene, especially with like experimental hip hop? It's like I need to play bigger venues and reach more people. Yeah. But still, like my favorite places to be are in those DIY spaces where kids are just pulling together resources and doing what they can to make things happen. Yeah. Because it's like that's where I was at 10 years ago. And I love seeing that it's still there and I love being around it. Even if I kind of feel like the old dude sometimes when I'm there. Yeah. I just like watching over it, you know, you, you and yeah, I definitely feel like the old dude sometimes. Um, I think there are a lot of bands in Pittsburgh who are going through that right now. It's just like how we've been playing basements for two, three. I I don't know. Yeah. When's, when was your first basement show with either Sykes or, uh, Greywalker? Um, well, Greywalker, we've only, I've only been doing Greywalker for a little over a year now. Okay. So, I mean, but we did play some basement shows, and those were great. Um, but with Sykes, it's different. Like, with, because when you start out, when I started out with Sykes, it was hip-hop. And I knew nobody in the hip-hop scene, so I kind of started playing, like, hip-hop shows that are in clubs or bars. Hmm. There wasn't, like, a basement hip-hop scene. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's barely one now. There's like, they exist. Shows exist, but it's not really like a consistent scene. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you're singer songwriter acoustic or like, like a emo band or something like that. Now there's already kind of like a built in scene for those basement things, you know? Yeah. If somebody's going to be like, Hey, like I have this emo band, like where should I play easily? Somebody's going to be like, Oh, you know, Roboto or a house venue or yeah. something like this where it's yep. like, I'm a starting rapper, you know, where, where do you start? Yeah. Exactly. I really, yeah. It's, I that... mean, we used to have the shadow lounge, which was a big place. Shadow lounge is awesome. And then, uh, what was it? Peter's pub in Oakland used to have like a, a hip hop night every week. My first show ever was actually at Peter's pub. Cool. Um, and there was like weird bars and places like that, that, but that scene just wasn't me. I found very, very quickly yeah. that while I never really had a bad response at a hip hop show, other than the time I opened up for Mac Miller, which was the worst show I ever played, Ooh. which was awkward because the year before that I opened up for Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. And this is like, 2008 before like black and yellow so it wasn't like right. a huge deal but there were still a lot of people there i opened up for was khalifa and that was the most merch i ever sold at a show that's awesome so the next year i was like i could easily do mac miller like right. it's the same demographic but no nah, it's just like bitchy white teenage girls at a mac miller show that's all it was <laughs> just like the like it's like <clears throat> the most like not wanting to hear me type of people wow <laughs> well, were you were you still doing? Because I've listened to your new stuff, but were you still doing like uh, really self-deprecating and kind of like weird electro? No, or was it no, more like no. That evolved actually. When I first started, it was a lot more fun. I actually now like even I feel like if you get like sarcasm, my stuff isn't as self-deprecating as it might sound. Yeah. Now, um, I like my the trajectory for me was goofy stuff but kind of like braggadocious but like underground hip-hop backpack type of like right yeah like you know fuck. i used to rock a fitted cap now i rock a snapback yeah yeah like kind of thing yeah, yeah like that that bullshit just like but it was like goofy and like kind of fun songs bouncy beats then like i went like real dark like so i was like i don't want to do this shit anymore and then like eventually balanced out to, <laughs> you had like, your blue period you know yeah i had like a period. I, like leveled out like what about you is there like a when you did you kind of like have like a roller coaster of things that you wanted to say and do yeah i have no I idea i feel like i'm still on that roller coaster yeah i really um want to find a way to not write songs about my girlfriends or like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's pretty much where i'm at right now you know that, that was like there's so many other things to write about and talk about so, so i don't know how to do that without with while still being uh yeah i don't know how to address it that's oh. another thing that I actually, my favorite thing talking back about the of Monsters on that album. Yeah. The lyrics on this album are so cool. Like, they're so simple, but it's just so, the way everything's written and delivered, I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this song could be about, like, four or five different things. Right. And it's, like, cool. I've never heard, like, these words put together like I this. hate, I hate writing lyrics, honestly. It's it's a chore for me. And I really, really enjoy it. Good thing you're not a rapper. Right, yeah, no. Because the amount, that's a terrible rapper. so much. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like there's so much content <laughs> in a rap song. In a, in a, in a traditional format rap song. And, see, my, uh, what I do to cut down on writing lyrics is I, all my songs are, like, two parts, verse, chorus, <laughs> and, like, usually under a couple minutes 
and that's what I'll do. And then I'll be like, okay, so I only have to write like 10 lines total. And that's half a verse for a rapper. Yeah. Which is insane. So, I, yeah, I, I don't uh, know how to do it. All the lyricists I respect are, I don't know, storytellers or people. I love uh, TV on the radio. I've been thinking about their lyrics a lot recently about how they can be like personal and political at, at once. They can be like a story of a relationship that's also the story of the Iraq war. Yeah. Like somehow that works. And maybe that's what you're talking about with, with Monsters and Men a little bit. Yeah, even early like Metallica was like really good. Like, <laughs> the way that they wrote stuff was very uh, – I love like my favorite – like Master of Puppets is a song about cocaine and drugs. And it's awesome because the way that it's written like Master of Puppets and pulling your strings – Twisting your life, snatching your dreams. So is it written from the point of view of drugs? Yeah. Like, no, I, think the, a, like... I think it's just like, yeah, kind of. I need, yeah, like, I will occupy, I will help you die. Yeah, it's like the drugs, like, talking to you. That's pretty interesting. That's and pretty cool. uh, there's, they did a lot of stuff like that. Uh, early Metallica um, was really, really cool. They were, they were on to something, and then they got a lot of money and got old, and whatever. And now they're yeah, You could care less. You're just like fucking Metallica. Yeah, no, exactly. In my <laughs> it's head, like I'm the bane like, of my existence nah, right now. Really, like, yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. We can talk about Third Eye Blind for like 20 minutes probably, but uh, <laughs> Metallica, yeah. I, I also feel like, yeah, I feel old, and I feel too old to not know as much music as so many other people know. That's something that's going on in my life right now, okay. for sure, is that uh, a lot of fucking, even these kids who were like, I'm 28, even these kids who were like, 22 or like just listing off bands i've never heard oh of. yeah 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 and i'm like what am i doing in this business it's, it's hard to keep <laughs> i'm gonna up. i'm gonna be here forever though i'm gonna be making music till i die i'm you sure know, that's that's a funny thing with me is that i don't listen to a lot of hip-hop and some people were surprised by that because i make hip-hop but hip-hop in quotes i really don't even think the hip-hop that i make sounds that much like hip-hop you know it's because i don't listen to a lot of hip-hop and i kind of do that intentionally yeah. i just want to like do something fresh you know it's like i'm way more inspired by like annie clark and the saint vincent stuff than i yeah. am by like any like actual like rap producers it's like there's groove and stuff in her shit that's like i like, like how can i incorporate that into what i'm doing rather than like what kanye is doing like i right. could give a fuck less about Kanye West. Okay, now, now we're we're gonna get in a fight. Well, no, I mean like, because if you want to college wanna... dropout, graduation day, and uh, what was the other one? Like, well, there was college dropout, late registration, graduation he, he hasn't day. He has made a bad album. He has um, not made a bad album. You know, like my look, I the only album that I will um debate about is Jesus. Only because it really seems like it feels like it wasn't a Kanye West album for the first time. None me. of them ever do though. When 808 came out, everybody was like, "This isn't a Kanye album." When uh, Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out, everybody was like, "Holy shit, this is the most Kanye album." In yeah, that way, it was unlike a Kanye album. The thing though is that when 808s came out, that was like building a foundation for something new, and beautiful dark twisted fantasy yeah setting the foundation for something new Jesus to me felt like he was piggybacking off of the foundation That's that others true. had already built yeah. like the I odd future that. stuff 
death grips. It was like yeah. I feel like even I mean, the minimal like I, early weekend stuff. Yeah, like it's that. just like it's it didn't it felt like it was like him just not being very original to me. Like I compare it to his again bringing back Metallica. I compare like Jesus. I call that his Saint Anger. Yeah, which was just <laughs> like him trying to connect with the kids, not knowing what's going on, trying to make this like raw like sounding album with like millions of dollars of studio equipment and it's just like yeah. it's not working for me. It's like I believe it when Odd Future did it because they were 19-year-old kids in an apartment with like shitty equipment and that's why it Who sounded like hire shit. A, a whole yeah. string section if they wanted to exactly or whatever. and it's like with you doing no. it it's like like i totally like, disagree be, totally disagree. I, I don't know it's just like i don't get it for me i i really the songs though the songs are good they're good songs but i mean like, like the the singles like, on that album are insanely good it's a thing with me and the angriest he's he's been since college dropout i think what it is with me and we talked about this earlier. It's like me being too much behind the curtain. That's the yeah. perspective I'm looking at this from. You, you're someone, putting yourself in someone that shoes. is a producer and yeah. like creates like weird like electronic kind of hip hop things. Like knowing what's been going on in like the underground scene and like hearing that, it was just right. like, come on, like you're trying too hard. I know what's whatever. going on here, man. Yeah, but like the songs aren't bad. It's just like, well, you know. I, I I don't know honestly how cognizant. Kanye was of like I want to sound like this. I think there was a active attempt to sound more minimal. Yeah. And to do fewer tracks. And I think that was a movement particularly coming from Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy which has like 20 fucking backing tracks. Oh yeah, the track. uh just so maximal. The production notes on that thing are intimidating. Yeah, right. It's like an encyclopedia. Yeah. You could spend an hour reading them yeah. like a novel. Um Charles Dickens presents the credits <laughs> to Beautiful Dark yeah. Fantasy. Um, but yeah, I yeah, I think that album's great. I think part of part of my problem, uh, like as a songwriter, is I like too many things. Like you the like I could go and be like, I wanna sound like and I, I feel Kanye has that problem too. I could go and be like, I want to. I want this next record to be really minimal, and I think that's what my next record is going to be. It's just acoustic guitar, sure. tape hiss, keep it simple. Maybe a drum loop, maybe a, yeah, a little I'm electric you, guitar yeah. notes. Um, and then at other times, I want to be like, I want a fifteen-person trumpet section. I want like a brilliant piano player to come down and do a jazz solo in the middle of this pop song. Oh yeah. So um, I appreciate that about Kanye for sure. Is that like he is so there's so many he's so many things at once you know he's the old school classic sample guy who made jay-z's uh the blueprint yeah one of the you know greatest hip-hop albums ever i guess i wouldn't know i haven't i don't listen yeah. to that much hip-hop but people other people a, a lot say of that. people talk about it yeah yes. that's, one, um, that's one i've heard about yeah and just like classic soul samples and then he's also the guy who will like bring in bonnie Vare and do like a weird noise breakdown with auto-tune at the end of one of his songs. Like, I really, really like that about him. So, mad respect. Shout out to Kanye. But, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this, I, I feel like you... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you have more of a maximalist bet on the stuff I've heard. Were you doing simpler stuff earlier? Have you? Has your, like, sonic palette grown as you've uh. gotten older? Or? I think that I, as far as like hip hop goes, 
I always approached every song that I did from like a rock structure as opposed to a hip hop structure. Um, in terms of like if I'm doing a verse, chorus, verse, you know, bridge, like intro, outro, I want these songs to have different parts. Whereas like a lot of hip hop can kind of get away with having very minimal changes in the music mm-hmm. and just letting like the vocals kind of carry this the different structures of the song yeah that was something that i never did and i was never into it like i always wanted to have like a much more just thought out song structure with hip-hop yeah which a lot of people don't do in hip-hop honestly and that's also why my stuff or anything else that's why a lot of people that's why my stuff doesn't like sound like hip-hop i think and that's why a lot of hip-hop people don't grab onto it right so it's never like in one thing long enough to let you lock in because it's always changing. Changing, yep. Yeah. You know, I, I wanna I wanna do a lot of different stuff too. Uh I think the next album that I do, I'm gonna do it without the band. I wanna get back to maybe just doing like some sampling weird beats. It's just like a it's a different aesthetic, you know? Like, yeah. I wanna make some bangers. And I can't make bangers with a live band. I don't know about not that, with man. live drums. That's the thing. Not with live drums. I've seen the Roots live. It's they're they're they're. Different. I mean, it's very very. Different. They're different. It's very very. Different. You know, like, I mean, like, like like a, like the cliche bangers. Like I want yeah. some like ridiculous bass, just like aggressive ass snare. Like, right. That's. I just want to do <laughs> some stuff like that. Fuck yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds great. We should. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You ever need a guest verse from somebody who doesn't know how to write lyrics? Give me a call. I guess. All right, yeah. I'll let you <laughs> Do you have any like uh, anything that you want to? Any projects you want to talk about, or anything you want to drop or promote or shout out? I could, could probably I, wrap up soon. I uh, part of why I'm excited to. I guess the first thing to shout out, and part of the reason I came here to talk to you today is I'm hoping to do a podcast in the future. We have I have no name. I have no anything. Uh, but it might... there it is. No name, no anything. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast is titled Nothing. Yeah. No, uh, I think we're going to be doing it with the um, uh, the Gray Estates blog. Okay. Which is a Pittsburgh-based blog. Very, very cool. Uh, so shout out to them whether or not I end up doing the podcast with them or a podcast with them. Um, and uh, I work for the Roboto Project. So if any of you... Musicians out there need a space. I feel like we should have talked about the Roboto project more. I could talk about Roboto forever. It, <laughs> it has, like, destroyed my life and been the most rewarding thing ever. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I, I feel like I could talk with you forever, even though I never met you, partially because I never, like, even though, because we haven't talked before. Yeah. Which is cool um, that we didn't talk about so many things. I think, like, we talked oh, a yeah. lot about just, like, we were just like like getting to high know each art. other bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like high art concepts. Just I think like that what are you trying to do with your art? That's probably actually gonna be more interesting to listen to. Yeah. Than like talking about like life story. Social politics and yeah. scene politics. Okay, and... so we'll start right now. So I was born in Oklahoma City. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then my parents moved to Pittsburgh. Why? Oh my god, we can't we can't do this. I have no idea. I actually I actually have no idea. Either my dad my dad was run out of town. Okay. Or he just got a better job. Okay. So there's some mystery involved there. Mm. So we don't we don't know. But whatever. Okay. Um yes. Shout out to Roboto Project. 
Uh, book your shows at Roboto. We're super, super cheap. We're the cheapest venue in Pittsburgh by far. Uh, we love to do weird shows, weird events, especially fundraisers, educational events, that sort of thing. And uh, I am missing right now my two bandmates play a show at Roboto, uh, Josh and Addison. So they are in a band called Salvage the Tongue, which is my newest project, which I'm very, very excited about. Uh, we're hoping to... I might have early 2016 my first vinyl release. Nice. Something that I've written out. Hell yeah. That you can play in your record player. That's fun. Which I'm very, very excited about yeah. um, with them. So that's Salvage the Tongue. And my roommate, all of my roommates, to Spider House. We do shows at Spider House. And uh, my other bandmate, Cam, in Lawn Care. And my band is Highways, and thanks for letting me talk about my <laughs> shit and everything. So Definitely. I'm gonna, I'll put all the appropriate links... There, there's going to be a list of like 20. <laughs> there's going to be like every project I've ever played in. Well, it's okay. I think that uh, the we I mentioned that I had the sick house on. I think their list was pretty long. Yeah, too, they're of everything also that... ridiculous. <laughs> One of John Paul from the sick house is in yeah. lawn care as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But, Just yeah. like oh man, that fucking that's so cool. Just being around, seeing people do stuff. I don't know. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. I hope we get to hang out more and I get to meet some people. Yeah. Part of what I love about Pittsburgh is that it often surprises me that there's more to the music scene than I know. So I'm yeah, glad was... we got to talk and hopefully we can... Oh, yeah, this won't be I... it. I'm sure that once once I hit record, you'll probably end up keep talking some more. Right, yeah. If I could. But hey, we'll end it. And thanks for coming over and doing this. And I wish you luck with your podcast and all that stuff. Thank you. Thanks for right. having me. And we can stop it. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Harrison, good person. I like that guy a lot. Uh, definitely going to hang out with him some more. It's, you know, uh, we talked about it in the conversation, I'm pretty sure, but it's just awesome to meet people that are, you know, involved in different like aspects of the local scene different genres of music and whatnot but who share like a similar passion for what they're doing and it's those are the kind of people that i like to be around and yeah so whatever (laughs) i'll be back again next week with another conversation same time same place same channel you know the drill my name is sykes start the beat 2015. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.